And now let's go right back to the Auburn Bank phone line for our weekly conversation with Kevin Ives. He's at AUPPL on Twitter, Plainsman Parking Lot. Uh, and Kevin, I hope you are well. No trips canceled, hopefully, this week, as we're not trying to go across country to L.A., but I hope you are well and, and enjoyed some baseball this past weekend. I was able to join the baseball. I actually was out of town, so I didn't get to see it in person, but I did follow along. I went to um, Savannah with my wife uh, this weekend, so we were out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and thankfully she put up with uh, my Auburn baseball love, and I was able to watch the game Friday on my phone at Savannah Smiles, which is the piano bar downtown, So, and then listen to it on the way back um, when we were driving back on Sunday. But it was a great weekend for Auburn baseball. It was um, got a sweep over a really good Lipscomb team um, that had a run rule victory against Florida A&M um, in the midweek, and uh, Auburn just kind of rolled along and had two big cover-behind wins on Saturday and Sunday, um, a walk-off win on Saturday, and then um, really down to their kind of their last at-bats on Sunday. You know, bottom of the eighth, they already had two quick outs, and um, end up rallying and winning 4-3, and um, it was really good to see for a team that dealing with some injuries, dealing with some um, issues on the mound, and um, able to be resilient to kind of take a take that sweep and, and set up for another long week because Auburn has games Tuesday and Wednesday, and then has their final like non-conference series uh, this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Well, so if if you're not on the deck, who's the captain up there? Is Ashley Reed taking over, or, or who runs the show? I mean, you're, it, you're the it, boss it, up there, man. It's up to Ashley. Ashley can handle it, and she <laughs> handled it well. Um, uh, she took care of everything, so I was I was real go. appreciative. And she in the tweet, she even tweeted out updates. And I've been looking for a particular hat, uh, the blue Auburn baseball with the white logo. They haven't had it in a while. She even went into the into the uh, team shop and got one for me. So How I got a new hat this year. Good yeah, for Ashley. Good. Been, been friends with Ashley Reed for many, many years. But uh, get, get, getting into the baseball uh, side of things with this uh, uh, series mainly against Lipscomb, and, uh, uh, it was all about the bats. You mentioned there, there's been some issues with the pitching, but, I mean, there's injuries. They're still trying to get some things figured out there. But uh, hitting-wise, um, Kaysen Howell has really now gotten things, he, a slower start than I guess you would have expected from Kaysen Howell, but now he's really kind of getting things going and showing that pop with his bat. If you could just talk a little bit about Kaysen and that veteran presence out there and at the plate. I think you said it right there. It's that veteran presence. I mean, it's, he really kind of sets the tone um, and had a really good week offensively. And he's, I mean, he is a, a fifth-year grad student. And not only does he have leadership, you know, at the at the plate, and he's uh, one of the, I think, I think he may be the only series, the only player that has been to both and played in both of the, um, recent College World Series appearances, but he's also been taking folks under his wing, and I think you kind of see some of his leadership rub off on how Chris Stanfield played this played this weekend, um, and had a really really big weekend offensively and filled in for Bobby Pierce who's dealing with an injury. Um, but having Cason at the top and having a guy who has power and speed and can just hit consistently um, and has really logged a lot of quality at bats um, at this level. Um, he, that resource is invaluable for a team. I mean, he can really set the tone and really kind of knows what to expect, um, and he's not going to be intimidated in any um, any environment because he's played in, in the biggest environments um, that this sport has to offer. He he collected his 200th career hit in his 200th career game. That's yep. that's pretty that's, special I mean, run for that I mean, guy. I, I think a lot of the records that he's you know that he's 
going to kind of hit and collect is uh, for as, as often he, as he's played and how as much as he's played, um, they're probably going to be untouchable for a while. I mean, he's um, he's definitely taking advantage of you know some shortened seasons with COVID, and um, he's just been from the day he set foot on campus, he's really um, has been a um, a stalwart in center field, and so next year it's going to look a lot different, um, and he's definitely going to be missed, but. I think just having him as a leader on the team is something that, uh, you know, the coaches don't take for granted, um, and I know the, the players probably appreciate it as well. And, Kevin, I know that Lipscomb uh, may be better than people realize, but at the same time still a competition that probably not going to measure up uh, too favorably to, to the SEC and what Auburn will see the rest of the way. So how important was it that Auburn was able to have a couple of key clutch moments against them falling behind at times in this series, but battling back and trying to build uh, that winning mentality for this team. I think that the you know they're you can't sell Lipscomb short, and they're I would honestly put them at um, at the caliber of kind of some of the you know recently historically lower SEC teams. I mean they're going to compete, and we'll actually see a lot more. Uh, this upcoming weekend, where they're going to travel to Starkville and see how they how, to, how they handle that series um, with Lipscomb, but they had a lot of guys that are you know a lot of transfers that have a lot of experience um, and a lot of you know older senior leadership. I mean, they've got guys that are coming from Indiana, coming from Vanderbilt, from Tennessee, um, all over. I think the best thing you can kind of say with how Auburn handled Lipscomb is they didn't really bend. Um, or they didn't really break. They bent a little bit, but they didn't really break. Um, especially on Sunday when you're, you're facing a guy who's throwing and, and pitching in a style that Auburn is not really accustomed to. It's a guy that was relying a lot on his breaking balls um, and kind of kept Auburn off balance. The, the, way that, the fact that Auburn was able to kind of hang in there um, and really kind of shut them down on the mound using John Armstrong in the back end but relying on two freshmen to start off the game, I think they really speak tremendously. I mean, you've got to you got to think this is still a team. Uh, you know, baseball is baseball. This was still a team that the night before had scored 11 runs on Auburn, um, and then you kind of shut them down the next day um, and, and only hold them to three with two of those coming on kind of a fluke home run. I don't want to diminish the home run from Caleb Catch up there, really good defensive uh, shortstop. But the fact that Auburn was able to do that. You know, with um, with Zach Crossfield and um, and and everyone else that came out on Sunday, I think that's that's really a testament to the team and kind of what they're um, how they're kind of battling back and how they can be resilient um, and kind of lean on each other and, and use that next man up mentality. Given this past weekend's results and, and everyone that got in uh, pitching wise, and uh, as you said, a much better pitching day yesterday, but uh, kind of rough on Saturday. Do you feel that Butch Thompson is getting any closer to figuring out uh, the the eight or nine guys that he wants uh, as key parts of his staff? Because I know we talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying he was pitching about 16 right now, or 16 arms had the opportunity to pitch, and he wanted it to get down to about eight or nine for conference play. Do you feel like Auburn is, is moving in that direction to getting down to eight or nine? I think they are. I think it's, it's going to be a little tough because you're still waiting to see where Joseph Gonzalez is going to fit in that mix and um, how effective he will be when he returns from his injury and when he'll return um, from his injury. And so you're still kind of 
you know, you're going to have a lot of kind of gray area with the pitching staff. But I think you've got guys that really have kind of settled in to some roles already. You'll, you'll really see this, this upcoming week, how they kind of fit in. Um, the fact that, you know, we've relied on John Armstrong so much out of the end, and he's been so effective, I think it's been really good. Having Will Cannon kind of in that closer role, Will Cannon may kind of move more to a setup when they kind of figure out what they want to do with Isbell or Alsup um, with the chases, if they're going to keep one as a starter um, or keep them more as a, or kind of transition them more to a full-time closer. You, you kind of see some roles being developed. You kind of see some guys that are kind of stepping up. Tommy Vale is another one that, that um, you know, we've got to, you know, work on. I'm not sure, um, you know, who else may kind of step up, but I think that's what you're going to see, especially these next two games. The ones Tuesday and Wednesday against UAB um, and against Jacksonville State, you're really going to kind of see some – we may end up pitching a lot more guys than you would probably expect, even if the game is either close or out of hand, because you're getting into crunch time. Because after you get past these next five games, you got a midweek against uh, Georgia Tech, and then you got um, you open up SEC play at Arkansas. And so your time is kind of running out for you to figure out where everybody's going to slot in. But thankfully, you've got a lot of games – in that interim where you can kind of figure that out. And you've got a, a lot of different baseball teams that you're going to be facing um, and a lot of different types of batters. So they'll have a lot of data to figure it out. Um, I still don't know if, if the same lineup and the same role that you see in that Arkansas series will be the same ones at the end of the year. Um, but I think Auburn will have a pretty good expectation of what they have and who, can, who they're going to call upon and win. Talking to Kevin Ives on this Monday edition of Sports Call. And Kevin, uh, along the lines of pitching and, and utilization and that sort of thing, as you mentioned, five games in the next six days for Auburn, and it doesn't matter the opponent. That's a lot of baseball. We saw that kind of happen into one of Auburn's opponents, Florida A&M, last week, where Florida A&M ended up using a position player in the seventh inning because they were so short on arms by the end of it. Not that Auburn's going to have to do that per se, but when they factor in five games in six days, I mean, how much of a strain – is it? I know it's early in the year, but how much of a strain is it? And then the second part of that, too, is with UAB and, and Jacksonville State in the midweek. Uh, these are in-state competitors. Uh, what, what do you know about uh, these two teams and the challenges they might present? Well, UAB is coached by Casey Dunn, um, and Auburn's real familiar with Casey Dunn. I mean, he's an All-American at Auburn, and you know he, uh, when he coached at Sanford, would always give really tough games as a coach. Um, and now he's at UAB. It's a UAB team that it's still kind of finding itself a little bit. Um, they had a series against Notre Dame. I think they only took one of those games from Notre Dame. Um, but UAB is going to be real tough, um, and Jacksonville State is going to be the same thing. I mean, these are these are teams that Auburn's going to be very familiar with. Um, right now, I mean, they're they they're kind of mid level in the state. Um, if you're going to be honest uh, with yourself, right? You know, the top three teams are going to be Troy, Alabama, um, and Auburn, and South Alabama kind of. Has run into a little bit of a buzzsaw, and historically they're in the top, you know, top half of it. Um, so I think it's going to be tough. And playing with Jacksonville State, you know, last year we went over Jacksonville State and it was a pretty close game. Um, and Auburn had a, I think that's the game where Kaysen had that uh, pretty, you know, incredible catch where he robbed a home run um, in center field. But for the UAB game on Tuesday, it's not going to surprise me if. Um, they threw out a ton of guys um, just to kind of keep off, Auburn off balance, and we may kind of do the same thing just to get some different looks and get some experience. But um, 
you have to be careful in these midweeks, especially when you're playing back-to-back games um, against in-state opponents because it's not a situation where you have a team that's been traveling all the time and, you know, they may be a little um, travel fatigued. Um, I look at it, I look at what happens to Florida and what's happened to Florida the past couple weeks. They'll play these back-to-back midweek games, and in that second game, they, they don't have all their bullets in the chamber because, you know, these games are really tough and they're really tight and competitive. Um, and so they ended up dropping a game um, to South Florida, um, you know, just because they couldn't really rely on their closure. They needed to kind of – they used them the night before to get that first win, um, and they needed – and they kind of overworked them. And I think workload in these games is, is going to be key for Auburn on the, on the pitching side of it. You're probably not going to see a guy outside of, outside of a starter, um, you know, pitch more than, you know, one or two innings um, if they can help it. But if a guy's cruising and a guy's doing then that's – that's something that they're going to rely on. But you hope that Auburn gets really good starting pitching is a guy that can go four or five innings. Um, and so you're not really reliant. And you honestly, to keep the pressure off the, the pitching staff, it's going to be on the offense because the more runs you can put up and the kind of the uh, bigger cushion you can give these guys, um, then you're kind of, you can give some guys some more leeway and maybe eat up a little bit more. Uh, eat up a few more innings uh, than you normally wouldn't let them if it was a tight game. Uh, Kevin, just kind of looking around the uh, around the nation, uh, I guess mainly just kind of sticking with the SEC. A- anybody uh, has jumped out to you as a surprise, good or bad? Uh, seems like Alabama right now undefeated uh, and climbing up into the polls. LSU still pretty much leading all the polls with everybody. But what have you seen from everybody else so far? I mean, LSU is still going to be the top. Um, you know, the top team in the league. They The guy that they have on Friday, Paul Skynes or Skinas, he's a transfer from Air Force, he's just looked phenomenal. Um, and he is um, he's kind of a, you know, the rich get richer scenario with that. And Alabama, yeah, Alabama is undefeated. They're going to have a really tough tough game tomorrow at Stanford. It's really going to be their first true road game. I would say, you know, that record may be a little deceiving, just looking at some of the competition that they play. They were supposed to take a big series out in Pepperdine, a couple weeks ago, but that guy replaced because of the weather. Um, ended up playing a high point of a Big South team out of North Carolina. So we'll see if that kind of holds up. And they've got a favorable record coming up, so they'll probably they may roll into SEC play undefeated. Um, they're not much of a surprise. I think some of the surprises have been um, Ole Miss has kind of been hit or miss. They got their mojo back a little bit this past weekend in Minnesota, um, but they've had some kind of tough losses to to, to deal with. Mississippi State has really struggled, um, and they're still trying to find their footing a little bit. I think a surprise right now has been Missouri. Missouri's played really, really well. Um, you know, they, they took a series. They took their first kind of home series um, against Texas Southern, and, you know, that's, they're a pretty good SWAC team, but um, the fact that Missouri was able to um, make some noise in some of their early tournaments um, and that really play competitively is going to bode well. But everything else has kind of been what you kind of expect. I mean, you thought Georgia was stumbling for a bit, but then they took a series from Georgia Tech, and you thought um, South Carolina is still – one of the things I will say right now is how good South Carolina's offense has been. Um, and I think that has been the, the biggest thing that's kind of um, turned my head is they've had some struggles with pitching, and that coupled with their offensive struggles has really led to some down years for them. But this year, their pitching has been – you know, kind of has been at least adequate, but they are just absolutely destroying the ball. Um, and I think they're going to 
they got to be close to the top of the nation in, in home runs. Um, and so they're absolutely mashing. And, and they're kind of on a roll, and they took a big series from Clemson um, this past weekend. And so everybody's still good. Um, Tennessee is really back at full strength after that transfer. Malayahuna kind of had to sit out for a bit. He's back, so now they're kind of where they want to be. Tony Vitella paid whatever tenants he had to pay it, um, you know, for the administration and sat out a series against Dayton. Um, and so there, they took a, they swept a big series from Gonzaga this past weekend. There's, there's no easy games on the schedule when it comes to SEC play. So everybody's kind of um, playing, um, playing top level baseball, and that, that's really where it starts to get into crunch time when Auburn opens up the SEC play. Um, next weekend is you, you can't let off. There's no easing into that schedule from day one. You got to be ready, and and each one of those games is going to be critical. He's Kevin Ives talk, talking us today on Sports Call. Uh, Kevin, with the five games in six days, will you be able to beat all of them, or are we still going to have to have like a midweek rest period to keep the arm arm ready to go for all these weekend series? I'll be ready to go. I'll be there tomorrow night, um, and then. Uh, I'm hoping to go up to the game in Jacksonville on Wednesday. Uh, the real world and work may have other plans for that. And then Friday, I've been, I was looking at the radar earlier. Friday, we may have to um, kind of look at stuff. The weather does not look too good on Friday, uh, just from constant rain. So we may have some uh, a double header on Saturday, but we'll know more about that on Thursday. But I'll be there. I'll be ready to go. And uh, yeah, I'm excited because this is it, it, now that kind of. Basketball has tapered off. Um, you know, we're getting right for the SEC tournament in basketball, then NCAA tournament, um, and the focus really gets all on baseball, um, and that's going to be kind of the um, the prime on-campus sport. Everything else is going to be off-campus when you deal with the the basketball tournaments and then gymnastics tournaments um, and the meets and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, it'll be good. Hopefully the weather will cooperate, um, and hopefully Tigers keep winning. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, as always, we appreciate the time. Hope you have a great week, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. That Talk is, to you all later. That is Kevin Ives joining us today at AUPPL on Twitter, Plains and Parking Lot. Always appreciate Kevin uh, for joining us on Sports Call.